stop, stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live ones too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now, I mean it. Hey everyone, welcome back. This we are breaking up with RBS, and this is episode number sixty-two. And I am JDK Winnikin. And for longtime listeners, things already sound different uh, because uh, my partner Tony Santabria is not with me today, and uh, that unfortunately uh, is a result of just some some sad goings on in her family. Tony is is okay, uh, but uh, she is going through something that uh, all of us face at various points in our life. Uh, and we'll continue to do so. She is facing a, a time of grief as uh, there's uh, there's an imminent passing in her family. Uh, and she is uh, has been addressing that process for the last few weeks, which is why we've been doing encores um, on Warm 106.9 for a couple of weeks. But uh, in light of all that, uh, we decided that we should uh, continue to forge ahead, uh, at least with me, for, for this episode uh, without her. And so I know... All of you join me in sending out uh, best thoughts, prayers, wishes, uh, whatever's appropriate for you to her and to her family at a, at a difficult time. But so uh, really appreciate you uh, joining me for this episode. It'll be a little different, uh, certainly a lot different than, uh, than normal. It feels really strange to be here without her, mainly because uh, this whole uh, show is about that conversation and connection. And yet, there's also a lot of connection that I'm feeling even with Tawny not in the room with me uh, right now. And that's in some ways, that's what I thought I would talk about today. And, and she and I did discuss what might be a good thing to put forward. And so we're going to talk about uh, kind of the, the, the paralleling or the, the pairing together of uh, grief and gratitude. And for an episode coming up right before the Thanksgiving holiday, those, those seem appropriate to talk about because certainly a week where we we think and, and celebrate uh, gratitude, it's also very normal. Many people feel a lot of grief and a sense of loss um, at the at the same time. Maybe reflecting back on losses over the previous year. Certainly, when loved ones pass away, the the following holidays can be can be very heavy. So it fits together. Uh, so that's where I'm going to go, and and I'm coming from a place that that uh, I I just feel real sadness for my friend. That's the thing that I'm feeling the most at this moment because I know it's very hard for her uh, and as it is for in any situation for anyone like this. But one of the things that she said to me today when we were talking, I think is really true, is is not only that all of us face this, but, um, you know, th- there is a tendency that we each have to not want to talk about grief, to want to push it away or downplay it or uh, at, wor- at worst medicate it. With something or avoid it. And really, this is where all the things we've been talking about for 61 episodes on breaking up other BS, this is what all that talk is best for is when these big moments hit. Tawny likes to say practicing presence, getting into the body, uh, recognizing the BS stories, the, why it's so important to practice them in everyday things around the not so big things as well as challenging things is that when the really big moments come, you've had some practice. <laughs> it makes it, um, it helps, it helps one feel more prepared for it. And one thing I can tell you that is very true uh, today, both 
uh, both today and going forward, is that uh, Tawny is not making this real grief she's feeling a problem. And I know that can sound really strange or really awkward or, or unwieldy uh, to people. And so if you're, if you're new to the show, I encourage you to uh, take some time after this one to, to go back and, and, and cherry pick a few episodes uh, from the list that's there where Tawny talks, uh, talks about this, not making things a problem. And I want to draw a distinction. The, a person who is passing away, a loss of any kind, is significant. And it feels that way. And, it, and grief is an appropriate response to those types of things. So it's not that saying, well, this person's imminent death or this breakup itself isn't a problem because it's not something we want. It's the stories we can make up about it or say, it's a problem that I feel this way. I don't like how I feel. I don't like the tears. I don't like the pain. I don't like the loneliness. I don't like the whatever the feelings are. And then wanting to get past them or push them away or run away from them as quickly as possible. That's what we mean by making it a problem. When really what the best thing for us to do is, and it's something that Tawny and I have both experienced in our own lives and we talk about all the time on this show, is the best thing to do is to just let that grief be in that space. I thought today of the analogy she and I have used before of, of, the, of, of an emotion or a situation ringing the doorbell and we open the door and there's grief and it's time for grief to come in and you just go, okay, maybe you're not thrilled to see grief at your front door, but you allow grief to come in. You don't force it to stay a short period of time. You don't force it to stay a long period of time. It stays for as long as it stays. And it might be a moment by moment, hour by hour, day-by-day proposition for a while where every day that has to happen or every other moment that has to happen. Letting it in, letting it flow out, and then welcoming it yet again. Uh, And it's hard. It can be really hard. And, you know, I know that Tawny and I both can battle all the stories that come with that. Uh, You know, it's it's hard for her, her, uh, her family, a lot of her family lives far away from here. And that's difficult. And so that can kick up stories, um, you know, all those things. And yet, uh, that grief for her is something that she is allowing to flow. And I'm allowing the sadness that I feel for my friend to flow. Tawny's, you know, she's not just my partner, she's my friend. You know, on the, she's not my partner on this show, and, and she's my friend, and she's done a lot for me. And it's hard. And I know we can all relate to that too. When you see a friend or a loved one going through something that is painful and difficult. And I noticed that uh, over the last few weeks, I've been offering Tawny, hey, whatever you need, a lot of help. And sometimes I feel, you know, I've noticed that I continue to tell her that. (laughs) And she doesn't mind, certainly. And she's expressed her appreciation of that. But I, the reason I mention it is, I recognized after a while that, that I felt like this futility is all I could do was continue to offer my, you know, my condolences and my assistance if needed. And there was some discomfort in that because, of course, I would love to do more. I have no idea what that would be. And really what I am realizing today and as I sit here, that the best thing I can do is just simply connect with her over that. And so we had a chance to do that today. And I'm 
I'm feeling that connection now, even though she's not uh, not here and, um, you know, and has a whole lot of other things going on that she needs to be paying attention to. I can still feel that connection and I, that, that sadness, you know, and, and so this is really where the rubber meets the road. When we break up, you know, as we engage in the process of breaking up with our BS stories that cause us so much more stress and pain and anxiety than we really need. When these big moments hit the sledgehammer moments in life that knock us off of our routine, that, that, that clearly indicate that life is going to change in some fundamental ways. This is a time where all that practice can really be helpful and can really pay off. And yeah, it doesn't have to be a problem. Uh, if you spend any time, like I do sometimes, looking up good quotes for things, you know, I like to do that. Uh, you will find many, many quotes out there about grief. Uh, and it's because it's a universal. It's, it's, it's a universal like love. It's a universal like like anger, um, desire, all these different emotions, all these different feelings that we have. They're, they're universal parts of the human experience. And yet things like love and things like that, where we always want to welcome more because they seem to feel better than, and they certainly feel better than grief. And perhaps grief is the most powerful of these things because grief comes um, not because we elect it to show up, but because it just shows up and we have to respond to it. And I'm not sure anybody ever feels prepared for grief. And maybe that's not the point. I know one of the things I've learned from Tawny is, is it's more important to let them in the door when they ring the doorbell than it is to pretend that they aren't at the door when they keep ringing the doorbell, keep ringing the doorbell, keep ringing the doorbell. And so as I sit here thinking about this, you know, the, we can draw comfort from those quotes. We can draw comfort from the things we read. We can draw comfort from, you know, movies, books, all those things. And yet the big task, you know, the big challenge, the big opportunity can be to find those things within ourselves, to connect with the central nervous system, that, that calming part of the ventral vagal system through some just some starting as easily as taking deep breaths like I'm having to right now. <laughs> and instead of fighting back that grief or the sadness in my case, to really let it flow into my belly in this case as I feel that. And to let it expand because it's a real thing. And there's nothing to be afraid of in that real thing. The reason I'm sad for my friend is because I love my friend. And the reason why Tawny's feeling grief is because she has deep love in, within her family. And grief goes hand in hand with that. The deeper the love we have for people, the deeper the grief will be when they're gone. That is just part of the human experience. And we don't have to spend our time worrying about how that's going to feel when that person is gone, if we choose not to worry about it. And if we know, because we can practice more and more being present and being okay with these different various emotional states, we don't have to worry about what grief is going to feel like when it shows up. We'll recognize it and know that it doesn't have to be a problem and that we can feel it, let it run its course 
in a moment, a minute, an hour, a day, a week, however long it is. And then keep going. And I know that Tawny is going to be okay. And she knows that she's going to be. It's just right now isn't the time to pretend that she's okay. Because she's not. She's sad. She's a lot of things. All the things. Grief is such an umbrella emotion. It can bring so many things underneath it. The famous writer C.S. Lewis, speaking of quotes, once said, no one told me that grief feels a lot like fear. And maybe that's why grief is one of these, these biggie sledgehammer things. We talk about a lot of fear on this show, right? That fear drives a lot of these BS stories. Fear of what ifs, fear of pain, uh, fear of change, uh, fear of standing for, up for oneself. And that's a powerful driver. The idea that grief can feel like that uh, doesn't surprise me. Because under that umbrella of grief, fear can certainly be there. You know, I'm entering a time in my life, just like Tawny is, where more and more people are going to be passing away who matter to me. It's just the, how that goes. And it's even started among people my own age, um, you know, friends that I've had who've passed away um, in an untimely fashion. And, uh, yeah, I'm having trouble keeping my train of thought on that one. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, she's okay and I'm okay. And sitting with these feelings is something that has perhaps, at least for me, been the most important thing I've learned how to do better over time. Never stops. Right? I, I can continue to have to allow those feelings to come in the door and to sit for a while. I certainly don't have to give him drinks and <laughs> give him food, you know, and say, you know, and make him feel at home necessarily. But to recognize that they are just simply a part of my own experience and I don't have to be afraid of the feelings and the responses that come, come with it is very liberating. Because to me, what that allows for is in the case of loss like this, somebody passing away, and I've experienced that of late as well, is I can still, through all the grief, see all the reasons why I'm so sad in the first place, which is all the love and memories and connection and value that I've had for the years with this person. And that's where the gratitude piece, I think, can come in to this. And again, gratitude and grief don't always show up at the same time, um, and that's okay. And we don't have to treat a gratitude as a way to numb out the grief. Sometimes we do that, you know. Um, and, and I had to resist the temptation a couple of times in talking with Tawny when I noticed I wanted to say, well, you know, there's this, and, and there's a lot of gratitude. There can be a lot of gratitude for this which would have been more about me wanting to make her feel better, really, than really connecting with her around her grief in the moment. And yet, that's, I think, what is on the other side of grief. Maybe at somewhere along the line in the grief process, when grief gets up and leaves the room or leaves the, leaves the house, 
gratitude is the visitor that drives it out or maybe that shows up behind it. Maybe they show up together. And, you know, I don't know if, you know, what a lot of people say about grief never ending is, is really true or not. I think Tony and I could have a really good conversation about where our own choice fits into that. As longtime listeners of this show know, we talk about we have a lot more choice in our responses to our emotions than we oftentimes think. Uh, so I don't know if, if what people say that grief never ends is really true or not. I think, really for me at least, in this moment today, with what I've known, what I've experienced, and what I'm connecting to in myself in this situation, is that we just continue to grow. And like anything else, any other emotional state, we have an opportunity to learn from it, to allow it to flow through us, for it to show us more and more how our, our body itself is an ally in how we move through life. It's not just a, it's not just a, a bucket for our brain. It's an integrated system that is created to help us maneuver effectively and grow through life's challenges and travails, including grief and loss. We can take care of it physically. We can take care of it uh, intellectually. We can take care of it emotionally, and it can grow in those ways. The same way we feed the brain and we feed the body, we can feed the emotion. We can feed that emotional side, and we can connect with our own ability to navigate through the toughest things. And that's why it doesn't have to be a problem. Because we're equipped for this. I think it's fair to say that what Tawny would say is, is that it is her awareness of and her practice with allowing emotions to flow through that is what has made the biggest difference in her awareness of where things are, how she's feeling, and what to do with it. That's been the gift I've got in knowing her and being a part of this show for now 62 episodes because I've gotten to experience that more and more. And it's life-changing. And certainly, it has been for Tawny, and, and it's one of the reasons we do this show. We want other people to have that opportunity to feel that same experience, that same impro- improvement, and building up of awareness of our own capability in our own bodies to really be okay and to make fewer and fewer things a problem than we tend to. And I've, you know, I wondered before, and this never came up on the show you know, just because we were talking about other things, but you know, I, I wondered from time to time, um, what will happen, you know, in the show dynamic when, when one of these big moments comes, I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know. This, this would be the situation. I didn't know it would be a situation for her rather than a situation for me. But how would that be? How would we talk about it? And I think it's a really interesting situation, me being here on my own, because I think this is exactly it. This makes complete sense. Tawny is honoring the reality of the present that she is grieving with all of that. And that's why she's not here. She will have an opportunity to talk about this at her discretion on future shows, on our Facebook page or wherever she wants to. 
But that's where she is. She is honoring that. In the present, that's where she needs to be. And in this present, this is where I need to be. As her friend and as her broadcast partner. To share with all of you that, yeah, this is the stuff that hits all of us and it's hitting us right now. And it's very sad and it's very difficult. And yet, even the difficulty (laughs) feels different than how I once would have defined it. I once would have defined difficulty of just being, it's difficult to experience these emotions. It's difficult to hold on to the ride, almost like how it's difficult when you're riding on a roller coaster that you're really just tired of and you don't want to ride on it anymore. It's not really what it feels like necessarily for me. Tawny may feel that way. And if we're going to be pushing that analogy out, even if Tawny is feeling that way and wants the ride to stop, she knows it's going to stop. <laughs> the ride will be over at some point. And she can be okay in that process, in that waiting. And then all she has to do is just simply keep going, breathing, moving, going one step at a time. Because that's all we really have anyway, you know, with those things. And, you know, I, I speaking of quotes, you know, there were a few that, that popped up. I mentioned the, the C.S. Lewis one, but um, I've, I've become so much more con- conscious and cautious of using quotes in any of my shows because Tawny has really taught me to be very, to, to really take a look at them for what they might reveal about, you know, could be about certain biases or certain assumptions or certain BS stories. And so I was filtering through a few things that I thought, you know, that would come to mind for me that would be helpful. And, and certainly um, there's a few that come forward here as we're getting towards wrapping up here in a little bit that I thought might be helpful. And I think these are ones that she would like. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, of course, one from William Shakespeare uh, came to mind. And it's what started me looking up these things. It was this Shakespeare quote that I remembered reading in school, which is an absolute miracle that I remembered anything from Shakespeare from high school. Uh, But I found it. um, And the quote was, uh, I think, really appropriate. It says, Give sorrow words. The grief that does not speak whispers to the o'erfraught heart and bids it break. Give sorrow words. And that's what Tawny and I wanted to do today. Rather than put out, you know, another encore episode on the radio or just having no new episode up on the podcast feeds, we would give it words. So that's one. Another one that um, came up for me is from Earl Grohlman, the, uh, the internationally renowned bereavement counselor who passed away last year, age 96. And uh, he said this, and I think this could be, you know, something that Boobs could, could grab onto. Grief is not a disorder, he said, a disease or a sign of weakness. It is an emotional, physical, and spiritual necessity the price you pay for love. Uh, where's the rest of it? There it is. The only cure for grief is to grieve. <laughs> the only cure for grief is to grieve. And it reminds me of there's a recent movie 
than the recent Black Panther movie. I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Don't worry. But there's a scene in there. It's a whole movie about grief in a lot of ways. And at one point in the film, one of the characters says to another, talking about this character who passed away, that, that it was important for her to step away for a while. And as she put it, to allow myself to break. And that was so powerful for me to, to hear at the moment of seeing it. And then I, the more I thought about it, the more I really loved that because the awareness and the confidence that's involved in that to allow herself to break. First of all, she was going to let the grief flow. The only cure for grief is to grieve. She gave it words. She gave it actions. And what I like about it is that, yes, the bravery, the ability to break. But then what was implied in that was that by doing that, there was also going to be a healing and a knitting back together on the other side. There was no statement or implication by her that she was going to stay broken. That she would allow it to happen. And as she is in the movie, it's very clear that some of that mending has happened by then. And that's the, that's really where the hopeful part is, is because choosing that, which of course is a choice to let oneself break and to grieve. To do that is to recognize the importance of it and how it can really honor in the case of a lost loved one, how it can really honor what they meant and what they'll continue to mean, even when they're no longer physically here. And there is a choice in there. You know, to either to pretend everything's fine, to not talk about it, to stiff up her lip, you know, uh, all those things that we're told a lot of times um, may not always be the best for us. So anyway, as we're coming to the end here of this episode of Breaking Up With RBS, and uh, again, if you are listening uh, live, thank you so much for doing so. If you've missed any of this episode or other episodes, you can find this as a podcast wherever you find your podcasts. You can also find uh, us at our YouTube channel, Breaking Up With RBS, also our Facebook group page of the same name. And uh, you can also check out Tawny's six-week self-mastery course at unperfectyourself.com and start applying these own principles in your own life. Um, to wrap us up and, uh, you know, and to, with one more quote that I think Tawny would, would embrace, there's one that I think is really helpful. And this is from the Dalai Lama who said, there are only two days in the year that nothing, where nothing can be done. One is called yesterday and the other is called tomorrow. So today is the right day to love, believe, do, and mostly live. And I would add, today is the day to grieve. And that doesn't have to be a problem. Thanks for joining me on this episode. And uh, we will see you again. And Tawny will see you again soon. Thanks, everyone. How are you all feel tonight? Stop, stop, I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good.